Hey, listeners, ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The best part of spring cleaning is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless and then Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data, unlimited talk and text, delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone and any Mint Mobile plan and bring your own phone number. Along with your existing contacts, ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. My team here, they're on Mint Mobile, and they like it. For a fraction of the cost, Mint Mobile proved to have excellent coverage with no-drop calls or unsent texts. Plus, they make it super easy for me to activate my device just by following a few simple steps online. And bam, done. To get this new customer offer and the new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash literally. That's mintmobile.com slash literally. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash literally. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Pointed, literally pointed at my stomach and started laughing and said, oh, God damn, brother, you got a gut. Hello, everybody. It is me, Rob Lowe. This is literally, um, I have one of my favorite people in the world, um, Will Arnett. He's coming at you. He and um, who are those two other guys he does the podcast with? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Jason Bateman and Sean Hayes. I kid, I kid. I love the three of them. I love Smartless. It's it's the gold standard. Um, but I'm doing mine by myself. I'm just saying. I'm not saying that makes my show better. I think it makes the show harder. And then you can be the judge of, of whether content is more worthy when you have help, when you have a lot of help. I'll let you be the judge of that. Um, but that said, I do love Smartless and I love these guys and I love Will. And he's just one of the greatest hangs ever. And um, this is, this is, this is going to be a good one. So let's get to it. This is your show, but let me ask you a question. How was your weekend? Uh, what did I do this weekend? Um, well, because we are currently going through this writer's strike. Sure. Um, it feels like, uh, it feels like, like, um, what's the, like Groundhog's Day mixed with, um, summer vacation. And so I, I'm just like, I feel free to do all kinds of stuff that I usually never have the time to do. 
And I'm also kind of like bummed out, obviously. I want to go back to yeah. work. Um, but I yeah. golfed, I'll have you know, yesterday, and I know that you love that. Um, How do we do? Here's the thing. Why I cannot shoot, I cannot shoot a score yeah. other than an 87. I can't do it. Whether I should play badly or whether I play great, I add it up, it's an 87. No matter what course I'm on, it's Dude, what, what is that about? That's your number. Interesting. I don't know what that's about. I um I played with our mutual friend Dan yesterday. Mm. Oh, good. Yep. I like that Dan Dees gets mentions across multiple podcasts. He as he should. As he should. And um, I played with him at his place out there where we played a little while ago. Yep. And uh, I shot an 84 yesterday. Yeah. Very respectable. Uh, not not bad, respectable. Left a few shots out there for sure. I was draining. Drano with the putter. Drainomatic. I can't make a putt, Rob. I will show you. I will show you how to do it. Your First game all, is good. I saw you recent when we played a few months ago. Your game looks really it's coming along. I know you said that you're spending a lot of time at the range. Yes. It's working. It's working a mm -hmm. good. And it's solid. And I don't remember your putting, but is it is it better now? It was I never putt badly. I just okay. putt averagely. But um I'm playing these new PXGs. Mm. I love my PXGs. Shout out to PXG. Not a sponsor, but should be. Hello, hint hint. Right. I, I do have sponsors on this podcast. Do you? I do. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm in it to win it. We have, we have ads and we love our sponsors and why, I don't know, PXG needs to wake up, smell the coffee. PXG, they need to wake up, but my, I, then I'm going to say hi to my friends at Titleist who have been, and Titleist Foot Joy, who have been uh, very helpful. Yeah. Dude, you're the sports, you figured your life out so big time. You just do basically, as far as I can tell, whatever you want to do at this point. How'd yeah. you get, how did you get to that point? Um, well, first of all, I'd be nowhere if it wasn't for dumb luck. Well, that's makes two of us. Right. I mean, uh, I, I, yeah, it's funny. I think because I enjoy not just playing sports and I enjoy consuming sports, watching sports a lot. And I talk about it a lot on, on the podcast. And then we started playing Jason and I started, uh, you know, we done, done a few of these, um, pro-am events and stuff. So in the golf world's kind of started getting into that. And then Formula One, I started watching, so I got into that. Now I'm doing this thing with Danny Ricardo uh, in Formula One. Amazing. And, yeah, and I kind of, if I'm being honest, I'm glad you asked me, I, I see myself in the next few years spending more time in the sports space. I think I'm not a, I'm obviously I've never been a professional athlete, and I think that the, the clock has run out on that. Yeah, probably. But... I, like a lot of people, I'm just a very attentive fan and I watch a lot of sports, different sports, and I like talking about them. And, um, I think that there's room for that. You know, I have a tough time with, uh, sports talk radio and stuff a, a lot of the time. Oh, give me uh, your take on that. Give me Will Arnett. You're on you, right now. Yeah. You're, you're an improv motherfucker. Sure. Um, I just unnecessarily swore. I don't know why I did that. No, maybe, it's maybe, maybe because I felt that this particular thing is losing edge, but I, I don't know. I'm trying to repel women right now who are my, my number one demo, they tell me. And so I said, I know we'll talk sports and I'll start swearing. It'll be great. They're going to love it. Um, so okay. Do your version of the worst of, 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 um, sports radio, sports radio. Give it to me. Well, it's not, it, it's, you know, it's always, um, it's always like, 
look, this is what the Patriots need to do. Tom Brady, Bubba, and they start to, they first no, of all, wait, are you crazy? Are you crazy? Have you, have you even watched a game? Have you watched a game? <laughs> Or the do you last, just scroll through the last it? 30, the last 30 home games, they were averaging 14 points. Now, if you look at what they did with, and you're like, man, you've just taken the, the fun and the romance. Out. They suck the romance. Can we do this together? I mean, I know that you, are you yeah. trying to break away from working with other people? Because you're, you're kind of, <laughs> you kind of at this point are, I mean, I don't want to say you're beholden to Sean Hayes and Jason Bateman. But you guys have a good thing going on, so you probably don't want to do it with me. But I think, I think our version right now of a sports show would 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 die because I think we could do like dynamic duo. We could be Clark Kent uh-huh. and Superman, so we could do the bad version for people yeah. who like that. Yeah, and then we could do the version we want to do, but we do it in the same show, so people understand the difference well, look, because when you talk I, listen I, i'm sorry i need to stop you right there when you talk about the patriots offense and the and the 14 point conversion layer you that's the bill belichick era that is not the era that we are dealing in now <laughs> exactly that's exactly what we want to get rid of and what we want to see more of is i remember saying to uh john McEnroe a few years ago I was like, why aren't you, we were talking about, we were at a hockey game in New York, but I, but we we're talking about basketball. I said, McEnroe, you should be covering basketball. everything, everything. He's yeah. the best, everything. He's, the best. He's so good. And he says it the way that you want to say it, the way he talks about tennis, he breaks it down. And he talks very real. And I've kind of, I feel like I'm always trying to capture his spirit when I talk about it. So I did this thing with formula one last year. Um, with uh with amp and amazon and i went to a bunch of races and then we covered the races after we were talking about with mika hocken and uh yeah formula one two-time champ um every time i'd say former champ uh mika would always go two-time champion i was like i know mika that's, uh, ama- that's best, amazing is the best dude <laughs> the best dude and we would talk about uh that or we did this world cup show as well i was in qatar and i would say we would just talk about you know because I don't have, I don't know anybody in this space. I could talk about it in a way that was just very sort of real, but also not shouty. And you'd kind of go like, Hey, you know, it's kind of a dick move when, uh, Verstappen cut him off on that corner. Right. And it's like, well, it's okay. I go, let's be honest. It was a dick move. And you know, in a way right. that <clears throat> you and I would talk, if we, if yes. Rob, if you and I were at watching a race on the couch well, but what would we do if it was a sport we really truly didn't know anything about like what if i came in because i'm i'm new to the formula one game sure and and, so, I, so, and am I, I, so am i i so that was my whole angle well if i if i say something why do you change your tires so much would that that would be too too no too much of an idiot move no i like that you see i think that that's what we need more of because we have way too many experts everybody is i mean you've been on social media you can make you can say you could tweet out good morning, everybody. And then immediately somebody go, well, it's night where I am. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, okay, man, I'm just uh, fine. And that's the world we live in. Right. It's just the, and believe me as somebody who I act like an expert a lot of the time too. And I love correcting people as well, but we live in this world where it's just so automatic. So I think it's okay and refreshing to come in and go, why do you change your tires? Like, why is he going into the pit now? And I would do that I, after the race. I would say, you know, Mika, why did he, do, or when I was watching the world cup, 
and uh, and I had like uh, Sam Mewis, who who's a you know uh, um, U.S. soccer star, and I would ask her, I'd be like, why? How hard is it to make that play, or is that tackle? You know, asking those questions that you think are dumb—that's what people want to talk about. Yeah, I'd be like, why does everybody pull an Achilles when they're looking <laughs> seventeen times a game? Yeah, and then get up and run like a gazelle. Well, yeah, they get up and and so you what that was what I would do. We'd be watching World Cup, and I'd go. You know, I, I this has long been my beef. There are certainly some of the continental European leagues, uh, i.e. La Liga and League One in France, but really La Liga football, soccer. I mean, it is a lot of these guys should be repped by CAA. Yeah, the, the, acting's am- the acting's amazing. Acting's incredible. When you see a guy, all of a sudden he gets, he, it looks like he's sort of gotten tackled. He's on the far side of the pitch and then he goes flying in the air and he grabs his face. So not only is, was his face not touched, but in the replay, they showed that he, he wasn't, wasn't, he wasn't touched at all. At all. At, at all. And he's writhing around on the ground and you're like, fuck me, man. But I, here's and, what I like, I like their commitment to the act. I like a, uh, their commitment to the phony baloney act. But then when they don't get the call, they don't even try to like go into the next moment. They, 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 they just, they just jump right up and run off. There's and no, sh- yeah, they drop it. Like it's a bit that didn't work and they're moving on like a comedian. They just, they just don't care. It's pretty, you gotta, you gotta give them credit for the shamelessness Yes. of it. Right. Oh and yeah. You're like, you, you want to be, are you not embarrassed? No, like, they're not. They're like, ah, ah, you didn't go. Ah. Okay. We go to the, th- you know, whatever. Which is so funny because it's counterintuitive. You'd think that like that they'd oh, they'd want to act tough. Well, here's as a Canadian, so I grew up watching hockey. Oh boy! And the last thing you want to do is show any weakness. Oh yes. I know friends. I know my my buddy who played for many years, and he got a major cut, but he re- really wanted to go back out and fight in the third period, even though he had just gotten <laughs> stitches in Jeez. during the game, and he did, and he went out and fought again. And I was like, dude, you're, why did, it was years ago, but he was, you know, obviously when he was way younger and I was like, why did you do that? And he was like, I just, I had to, I was so mad. I wanted to fight that guy. Well, it makes sense to me. I get, <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. First of all, never the face. Well, and that, well, that goes without saying, I think at this you point. You and I know, never we, the face. Never, never, ever, <laughs> ever. That's the thing is like, I, you're like, Hey, I'm training in the boxing gym. You should come down and train. I'm like, um, what do you do? Mm, I'd have to wear one of those like balloon hats on my. You gotta go. You know when they they wear those like sumo suits? Yes, but just yeah. on my head. <laughs> oh well, I'd be uh, I would be um, you know, like uh, Mr. Cub or one of those one of those mascots where they just wear a head <laughs> and the rest of their body's fine. And then you're like, now I'll spar. Let's go. That's just bean head on. I don't Do you, like, I don't like getting hit. What is, I don't, nobody likes getting hit. I, Some, kid, oh, no, no, no. Some people do. I guess they do. No, they, oh, for sure. Have you met those guys? Like yeah. they're in bars. They want to fight. They're, yes. they're, I, I once had a football coach and goes, there's, there's, you know, people who, who like being hit and there are people who don't. My favorite is Chad Lowe. My, my young, younger brother, the sports addict fanatic. Loves football, toughest football, decided he was going to play football, went to one Pop Warner practice, got hit the first time and quit. (laughs) Because he's smart. He got hit once. He was like, nope, 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 
Not yeah, for he's me. smart. I like I like me some Chad Lowe. I haven't seen him in a while, and so shout out to Chad. He's a good boy. He's a very good boy. Um, yeah, I that's how I feel about gambling too. I remember I used to play in this game forever with uh with Jason, Sean, uh Richter, Kyle Gas, sometimes Jack Black. Great game. Uh, it was a great game. This is like 20 years ago at Kyle Gass's house. And he had a, a poker table that dominated his living room. <laughs> and um, red flag. Major red flag. Re- Re- Lakers red- game going Tuesday red- nights, you know. Wow. Well, I bet, <laughs> I mean, I bet he, had a, he had a lot of girls that were of wonderful material. It, yeah. It wasn't a, um, they weren't in the, in the old, in the old school parlance. There weren't a lot of chicks around. Um, yeah. So. But we used to play, and I remember I, I played, we played in that game for over a year. And then I had, I went away. I'd, I'd done pretty well in that game over a few months. And like, one, whatever, kind of break even, won some dough. Came back, lost big, like like within 10 minutes, lost like $700. <laughs> yeah. Stood up and said, I'll see you guys later. And I never played again. I was like, I like losing $700. You know what? I'm so glad to hear you say that. I don't either i Mm. could i could walk through i shot um a tv series once that took place in las vegas and i realized i could walk through a casino every day of my life with untold free time on my hands and never be tempted ever to sit down and gamble yeah i hate losing money it's so hard to make yeah when you've had to earn your own money you realize how uh, you know how much you don't want to uh, uh, lose it, and I forgot about you. Did that? You were a doctor in Vegas, right? Was it Doctor Vegas? It's the greatest title ever because it tells you yeah. exactly what the show's about. <laughs> <laughs> Should have been Bad Doctor in Vegas. It was Doctor Vegas. It was Doctor Vegas, and and you know <laughs> that you know that I I had I had a very tough choice choosing between that and Grey's Anatomy. No way. Oh yeah. Did you really? Oh yeah. Wait, wait, Rob, I did not know this. Oh yeah. So you were, so it's pilot season, development season, and ABC comes at you with that. And NBC comes at you with Dr. Vegas. It was, it, well, listen, and here's the rub. It's actually, it's CBS. Oh, CBS. Dr. Vegas, when literally CBS, everything they touched ran for 15 years. Right. Everything. So that was the math you did. Well, and more so, and it was um, Lawrence Bender who produced sure. all of Quentin Tarantino's movies. Yep, his first thing in TV. And I was a big fan of this show called Nip Tuck that Ryan Murphy made. Mm-hmm. And my thing was, uh, it's going to be a network version of Nip Tuck, right? And this sounds great. Um, and and what was and when you read or talked to the people at Grey's Anatomy. At ABC, you were like, guys, nice try. Or no, 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 I go, this is a better script. It's a great script. Yeah. Um, and I had a meeting with everybody and they were very eager, but there was a, a sort of element where I didn't feel the love as much. I just, I didn't, I didn't feel the love. I had yeah. the offer, I had the offer to do it, but, but, it, but in the room, Everybody was kind of a little standoffish, maybe. Do and... you feel like maybe it was like the network really wanted you, but they were you were being kind of pushed on them a little? 
if I had, if I had to do the math that, that could have absolutely been the, everybody was perfectly nice. Don't get me wrong. Of course. No, no, no. But, not, but, it was, but you, you know right? that, you know, the vibe where it was yeah. like, yeah. And, and so I left that. And then I got a phone call. I'll never forget it from the, the guy around CBS. Who's a Titanic legend who you act, frankly didn't cross. And he was like, let me, I hear you're considering this show at ABC. Let me, let me, let me explain something to you. Wow. We're CBS. We make yeah. hits. We make <laughs> a hit. Our shows run forever. ABC has not launched a new show in 15 years. You want to do that? And I was like, you're right. That was the year. And by the way, that was all true. All those, those numbers are true. That was the year that not only did they launch finally two new shows, they launched Grey's Anatomy and, um, uh, the, the one about the lady, the, no, the crazy ladies who all did crazy, um, desperate, desperate des housewives. Desperate housewives. Yeah. That was the same. Wow. Yep. Let me tell you, let me tell you how this works, you know, and look, and that's why I say like looking back on it. And, and by the way, had I not had here's my theory i don't think me on gray's anatomy has anywhere near the impact that dempsey had playing mcdreamy i don't because well, people are like oh yeah rob Lowe, the he's he's the he's the swaggering doctor sure but dempsey was like wow who what wow like new fresh been away for a while was back they weren't gonna call they, they wouldn't have called love. they wouldn't have called me mcdreamy they would just call me rob Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> listen You've been McDreaming for a long time, so let's not kid ourselves. Hey, <laughs> I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it for America because you can't say it, but we can as America and Canadians. Um, <laughs> but also, I can. Patrick Dempsey, amazing, amazing, great, great, so good in that part, so good in general. Love the guy. You would have been amazing. You would have been very good. Don't sell yourself short. You would have been fantastic, and. That makes sense to me. God, I love, wait, let's go through just a few more. <laughs> yeah. Rob Lowe passes. That's, by, that's really, honestly, the that's only the big one. That, well, not only it's, it's so big, by the way, as my wife yeah. will remind me. Sure. Cheryl Lowe yeah. would like to have that Grey's Anatomy bag. Yeah. That's a Ooh. lot of, that's a, speaking of bag, that's a lot of Birkins at Hermes right there. I mean, Let's be real. You'd be your studio would be Birkin. It'd be like you'd be in a big Birkin bag. I I, I would live in a in a Birkin like Lidsville instead of living in a hat. I'd be living in a purse. If you if you had that Gray's Anatomy Doski, you'd you could buy Conan's company mm -hmm. and then fire him. Big red. I'd be like big red. Big red. Your time <laughs> your time is over. Just, and just, I would, if I had that dough, I'd buy Conan's company and I'd fire him day one. Yeah. To his face. To, defo to his face with cameras rolling. Yes. <laughs> Don't you understand? I'm McDreamy. <laughs> Who's McDreamy now? <laughs> he's like, he's like, what? Uh, you? I don't know. I don't remember <laughs> that happened. How did I get to Wait, so that was the big one, but there must've been other ones because you have been just at the center of it for so long. There must've been other scripts or things that came your way that you were like, ah. well, that, well, the ones that I didn't get, 
And I mean, and listen, by the way, it wasn't like I knew, I think I have pr- a pretty good picker. I mean, cause I knew Grey's Anatomy was, was great. It was, it was great script. And by the way, Shonda Rhimes had only written a Britney Spears movie. That was it. Interesting. So it was like, who knows? I don't know. Can she run a TV show? Right. I don't know. Turns out she can run 700 TV shows. Yeah, it turns out. Um, you never know. Yeah. So, and the other thing is, had I done that, I would s- still be on it probably and, yeah. and living in the, the Birkin, the living Birkin, but oh. I, I wouldn't have done the things that I got like Parks and Rec. I wouldn't have been on Parks and Rec. Right. And right. I, I love, I love Parks and Rec. I love it. I love it. Uh, and I, I say this with all respect. Uh, I, I'd rather be on Parks and Rec than Grey's Anatomy. I would. I get that. I get that. Well, first of all, we wouldn't know each other, maybe. And we wouldn't be doing this. We, we wouldn't know might each not other. be doing this because we met through Amy because of Parks and Rec. That's right. Um, that's a great point. You were great on Parks and Rec, by the way. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, dude, you were really good. I, and for as as you might imagine, I'm a big fan of. I'm a big Parks and Rec fan. It's, it's um, such, it's, that show is amazing. So good. And Amy's incredible in it. Everybody's incredible in it. And Mike Shore, obviously we all love Mike Shore. Mm-hmm. Everybody's sure. Um, and it, 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 it's a great, I, we, you, we have a podcast parks and recollection, uh, where we, we sit and we, I didn't talk, know that talk about the show. We sure do. I, I launched it and then Alan Yang and I launched it. Um, and then we just, great tra- Alan Yang, the great Alan Yang. And we, uh, and we and, and we just turned the, the reins over to Jim O'Hare and Greg Levine, and and they wow. crush it. It's super funny. Parks and Recollection. Get it where you get I'm your gonna, podcasts. I'm gonna go yeah wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and um, also mention what's the uh, your uh, golf clubs again? Oh, PXG. Mention them again. PXG. <laughs> wherever you get your podcast, PXG. Send some clubs. <laughs> Where else can you go surfing and skiing in the same day or check out a world-class art museum and camp out under a brilliant night sky same day or hike through the redwoods and get a luxury spa treatment? There's only one answer, California. No matter where you go across this state, you will find a way to play. I, look, I love California. Um, and I have not yet surfed and skied in the same day, although I do do both. So that is on my bucket list. It's the most beautiful place in the world. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash, and scents like redwood, wildland, and stone. 
and an extra high-quality, amazing-smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. All good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash rob. That's harrys.com slash rob for a $3 trial set. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance EVs. They're certainly out here, there. But when I, when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's, I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash EV6. Kia, movement that inspires. I loved I loved when you came on Parks and Rec. You, it was so funny. There were different stages of Parks and Rec and everybody just had their own little everybody worked together well and then everybody had their own distinctive voice and yeah. that's what i loved about that show uh and i think during covid we ended up the kids and i ended up re-watching we re-watched the office and parks and rec i wow. never really fully watched the american office all the way through and i ended up blazing and i couldn't believe it i was like i've deprived myself you know, Krasinski's one of my best and i de- deprived myself of that show and i'm like that is amazing and parks and rec and we watched it all during covid um, and then, uh, and Pratt, I mean, how great was Pratt? I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's so, that show so is, it's murderer's row, but think about it. You, Amy, Pratt, uh, um, Aubrey Plaza. I was about to say, so you got Aubrey, you got Rashida, you got, uh, uh, Adam Scott, um, Aziz. you got fucking Offerman. By the way, this is all in no particular order. Yeah. It's a freaking murderer's row. Aziz. I mean, just you keep going. It's amazing. It's a, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a once in a lifetime thing. And I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad that they, uh, that they invited me to come in and play. I mean, yeah. but you know, listen, I got to give, I got to just say arrested development, my good friend. Mm. I, I've been going, I, I, I've always loved it. I've, I've never been under any illusion that it was anything other than a fucking amazing show. But I, cause I, you know, I, I have a new show on Netflix. I'm just like, it's like a very pluggy episode like of the that. podcast. Wait, yeah. You guys are doing your show. We're doing, um, we're are you doing a, so we're doing, so we're, so we're doing, um, we're it's, it's on Netflix now. It's called unstable. We are, um, hopefully imminently about to start season two. That's and, what I was going to say. Yeah. And, but you, but you also have your other show on Fox. Yes, I have that too. So you have two shows that you're not shooting right now. I have two shows I'm not shooting. <laughs> wow. I have two shows that are not shooting. 
And, um, but listen, as I, as, as I was out promoting and introducing, um, unstable to the world, I kept saying, hopefully it's in the genre of arrested development. I mean, Mm. of all the comedies that are out there and there are so many that I'm a fan, that's not, they're not so many. That's not true. They're not so many I'm a fan of. There are very specific ones and it's, I, I, and this is the new thing. This is why I'm bringing it up. I'm, I'm, I'm landing the plane on this very long rambling okay. moment of the, of the podcast. I think arrested development actually probably gun to my head is the best of that group of shows that I love 30 rock office parks and rec. I think arrested is the best one. Wow. Um, um, uh, always sunny. All, all, those are all my favorite shows. I think Arrested is the best. And here's the other thing. I think your character might be my favorite of, of a bunch of great characters. Job. Oh, wow. I'm a Job uh, guy. I'm a big Job guy. Um, well, th- thank you for that. I, I can't really take uh, credit for the show, but, it, but, but it's very kind of you to say. I, I, was, I was really uh, <coughs> fortunate to... Um, to encounter Mitch Hurwitz, the great yeah. Mitch Hurwitz who created Rust Development. And, and so, um, you know, all credit to him, as you might imagine, he, his writing is just, uh, when he's at the top of his game, there's nobody, me, there's nobody funnier. Yeah. And it's layered and it's, um, it just pretty amazing. So I, I was really lucky. I mean, you know, you know, we were talking about, you know, reading scripts and stuff and stuff comes in and you read and you go like, when you recognize you're like, Oh yeah, this is, Grey's Anatomy is really good. When we were doing Arrested Development, especially that first year, Jason and I would call each other. We get the new scripts on Sunday nights if we were lucky, uh, may, maybe Monday morning. Mm-hmm. And we'd call each other and go, oh my God, did you read the new script for this week? It's so good. Like we, it was one of the rare times that you could actually appreciate it in the moment, how good the material was. Isn't that great? Do, it was. A, did you feel like, you, those are probably also in the days when they would have a runner send the script. Oh, like oh, you, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the ding dong, and it'd be a runner from the studio. Yes, like with an actual script in their hand. Physical, yeah. Somebody would come with an actual script, and they drop it off in a Manila envelope. Yeah, right. Uh, and leave it at your front door. And you know, the cast is. I lived in Venice. Uh, so did Cross. Jason was up in the hills. Tony was wherever. Jessica was wherever. Jeffrey was. So, you know, you know, one or two people and they're driving all over LA at 5 a.m. with scripts. One of my favorite stories about about physical delivery of stuff in showbiz was <laughs> Jim Burroughs uh, told me this about- I've um, had Jim Burroughs on the podcast. He's the, he's, he's the best, he's right? He's the Jimmy's. most famous comedy half-hour director in the history of the world. The most, I've been re-watching old Cheers episodes. Yeah. In the last six months. Amazing show. You want to, you want to go and see, you talk about a high bar when in terms of writing, acting, directing, and the combo I made, you know, Abel, my son, I made Abel come down and watch this scene that I've just described amongst on many platforms and services. I've talked about this scene. One of my favorite comedy scenes of all time. It's the last episode of season four of cheers. And Diane is jealous that Sam's got that. He's dating the woman uh, who's the politician. So Diane goes, I'm going to leave. 
And she stands up in front of her, but she goes by the door and she makes this big announcement. I'm leaving. You shall never see me again. The times have been good, but lo, it's time for me to leave. She makes this big, boring <laughs> speech, like sort of farewell to the troops. Yeah. And her final sort of salvo is, and you shall never see Diane Chambers again. And she walks out the door. Beat. Beat. The door opens slightly. And a hand comes in and starts reaching for this coat rack where there was a coat. <laughs> and Carla's on the other side of the coat rack and she can see. And she just ever so slightly pulls the coat rack back, back, back. And the hand, the hand keeps coming in further, 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 further. Finally, Diane falls in and Carly says, hey, everybody, look, Diane's back. I'm like, it's, <laughs> just... amazing. it's amazing. And I said to Abel, I was like, that is a culmination of really good writing, really good acting, and just absolute platinum directing. Yeah, timing all those things. Yeah, um, yep, absolutely. It, you feel so lucky when you watch that stuff, and you go like, "This is," you know. There's not. You feel elated, like, and again, like when I watch episodes of of Arrested, it's. I'm, I'm jaded, man. I'm super jaded. I do not so, like a lot. I really, I really don't, particularly in comedy. But when I, but when I like it, I almost want to start weeping. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's, I, I totally relate to that. And I'm, I'm the same way. I hate everything famously in my friend group. I think that everything sucks and, and I'm, I, I'm an equal opportunity. I mean, that goes for most of the stuff I've done too. I'm like, boy, that really sucks. But, but yeah, so when you watch a scene like that, like from Cheers, or you watch, you read something like Mitch Hurwitz had a lot of that, you know, Mitch, as not a lot of people know, Mitch Hurwitz who created Rust Development and, and show ran it, Mitch worked on, he started at Wit Thomas and he started as a runner at Wit Thomas and ended up running, he, he wrote for Golden Girls and then they did Golden Palace. And he worked his way up just because he's a talented, funny motherfucker. He l literally earned it just by being really good zero connections right but he came there was something to be said for he came up writing on an incredible multi-cam sitcom yep that was his that's where he kind of learned a lot of <clears throat> and a lot of that is sort of based on theater as you know jimmy burrow's big theater guy yep uh so mitch brought a lot of that to to arrested development i think uh so it wasn't, you know, Arrested wasn't like a, a lot of, a lot of single camera shows ended up getting kind of flatter and flatter and flatter as they went. Yes. Arrested wasn't like a flat show in that way. No, it wasn't. Which I really appreciate because that, again, like I, I like some of that flat stuff, but it's what I love about 30 Rock. 30 Rock is one breath yeah. away from being a living cartoon. Yeah, a sketch. Like basically a sketch, right? Yes, yes. You can't, I think that that's, it, 30 Rock arrested and Parks and Rec certainly had a lot of this too. And so did the office. You can't be afraid to be a comedy. Yes. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And I think that there's a lot of people who are too cool for school. Right. And they want, they want to sort of, they, they want to sort of break comedy down and they're going to be, you know, and I'm like, you know what? Be funny first. I don't mean, I'm not suggesting that I am. I'm just saying that in general. Yes. No, you're and, preaching to the choir. Keep preach, preach. Yeah. And just allow yourself. Don't, don't be too cool for school and don't be worried about how there, there's too much of that. Like 
everything got way for me for my liking got way too dead and sort of deadpan and there's certainly a time and place for that but you got to mix it up man i'm with i'm with you and and look unstable is an unapologetic in your face comedy and it's great and it's like i never thought that that would be considered outside the norm or daring or unique but it is it is today i I look at the i look at the list of like shows that are nominated in comedy categories yeah and look i mean no disrespect to anybody no i remember years ago well this is a perfect amy story amy and i after the emmys every year would sit in the makeup chair and look at each other and just go nurse jackie what are you gonna yep. do? Hilarious, yeah. the hilarious Nurse Jackie. It's about. I, I love Nurse Jackie. It's a great show. It's not a comedy, right? Yeah, I, I believe me. I had my own. Uh, Who's yours? We had a bunch. We had a bunch of shows that were like. Um, I think. I think. I think Desperate Housewives was a comedy. I they, I because they ended up saying it was a satire or something, and I think we arrested had the arrested development had the benefit of we we won our first year, we won best comedy our first year, uh, and then n- never again. Um, like we're done with that. We gave them what they needed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were so surprised. Yeah, I mean, we were the, sure we were the little show that that Fox hated. I think the Fox at that time is really bummed that we won. Yes. Because they were like, fuck, now we got to keep these guys on the air. And they gave us famously a, an ice cream, not truck, cart to, in, uh, oh, to congratulate listen, us. Listen, Will, but for the fact that I have the topper of all toppers, that's a great story. West Wing. Yeah. We win. We're going to win four consecutive Best Show Emmys. We're going to win at that time the most Emmys any, any show has ever won. The first year, we sweep every category. We're also in the top 10 ratings. Warner Brothers makes the TV show. They're about to famously merge in what they think is going to be one of the greatest corporate synergy moves of all time with AOL Time Warner. And everybody is just... You've got West Wing. They're just proud as peacocks, no pun intended. Sure. And... They're like, hey, the um, the brass is coming to the set, and they want to um, gift everybody. And I remember talking to the late great John Spencer, and this is the time when I think the Friends cast all got cars. <laughs> I remember Melina Kanakaridis on Providence got a Range Rover. <laughs> I remember. Every department head on ER got a million dollar check. What? So if you ran wardrobe, million dollars. You ran, you were the head of the electricians, million dollars. You were the DP, million dollars. This was the world we were living in. Now, granted, those are extraordinary moments in time. Yeah. Still, that is what's going on. I'm not making it up. It all went wow. on. John Spencer says, do you think we're getting cars? 
I'm like, oh man, can you fucking, can you imagine? So we stopped shooting. We all crowd into the Roosevelt room. It's hot as hell. I'll never forget it as long as I live. We're always behind on that show. Always behind. And we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. And people with walkie-talkies come in, like Secret Service types. They're coming. They're, the, the, the executives are on their way. They're, they're, they're coming. They're, the hush falls over the room. And in comes all these Wall Street people and AOL executives and Warner Brother executives and Peter Roth, the Titanic leader of sure. HBO, of, of, of Warner Brothers, Warner, TV, so, yeah. Warner TV, comes in and he says, on behalf of AOL Time Warner, we would like to recognize the West Wing for its historic Emmy night. We feel it is emblematic of everything that the new AOL Time Warner will become. And as a token of our appreciation for what you have accomplished, we would like to present you with this. And then he motions. And a guy comes out with what looks like a room service cart with a blanket over it. And Peter Roth grabs it and goes, and literally says, voila, it's a single serving espresso maker. <laughs> no way. That is a, on my children's life. <laughs> single serving. Single. Not only you have to go one at a time. It's a it's a crew of two hundred people. That is it, fucking incredible. It, it broke ten days later, and the prop master went to replace it and found out it was rented. No way. Yes, it's all true. <laughs> Jeffrey Tambor told me <laughs> that is first of all, that's outrageous, but also great. <laughs> Jeffrey Tambor told me once that when they were doing Larry Sanders at the end of the series, they all decided they were going to pitch in and get Gary Shandling a great gift. So they're what are they going to do? And they decide that they're going to buy him a car. They're all going to chip in the gas because he's wow. done this thing and he's right. They're going to buy him. They're all going to collectively and it's going to cost them. <laughs> 10 grand each or whatever it's going to be some epic just to thank gary and jeffrey has been given the task go tell rip oh. so he goes up jeffrey tells me the reason he told me the story was because i was shooting a show at radford uh when i was doing up all night with christina applegate when you guys were doing uh Park. and my i had the same dressing room as rip apparently when he was on so that's why and so and Tambor, way, this, kept, is, this is rip torn one of the great one of the great i i worked with i have rip but this yeah please rip, rip is a, rip was amazing amazing yeah i worked with him on 30 rock as well oh, amazing so he goes so jeffrey goes up to his dressing room and jeffrey had said i recognize this is the dressing room rip had and, he, and then he tells me the story so he goes up and he knocks on the rip's door and rip opens the door yeah he goes, uh, hey, uh, Rip, we're, uh, we've all decided we're going to get together. We're going to pull together. We're going to get a great gift for Gary. He goes, uh, okay. He goes, yeah, we're going we're gonna to buy him a car. Rip looks at him and goes, 
go oh, fuck yourself and slams the door shut. <laughs> That's Rip. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> One of the great, by the way, you know where he stands. I mean, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. By the okay. way, we knew where AOL Time Warner stood. Mm-hmm. We were worth did, about one espresso maker. What, what did you, and it should be noted, West Wing went on into syndication heaven. Yes. Somebody got rich. Somebody. Yeah. The guy who brought in the espresso maker did. Definitely. There's definitely somebody. Um, what did you work with Rip? I worked, on a, I worked like, with Rip on after I, after Aaron Sorkin and I both left the West Wing. Uh, in season four. And I did a show called The Lion's Den. Mm. Really good cast. David Crum David Crumholtz, um Elizabeth Mitchell, Kyle yeah. Chandler. Yeah. Um, and Rip played my father. Rip played your father. Yes. Do you know, so do you know, here's just a quick one. So it, uh, the show premieres, this is very inside baseball, but you'll get it. We do an 8.6 in the demo, eight and eight, six, by the way, today, the biggest hit in the world does a point, a point nine. You're a massive hit. We did an 8.6 and they're like, oh, it's over. We're, we're done. We're, 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 we're done. So they cancel us, but they make us shoot the order. They make us continue. Sh- we're canceled, but we have to continue shooting because that's what you do when you're canceled. You continue to make a TV show that no yeah. one's going to ever see, but this is, I'm not making this up either. Yeah. We, yeah, yeah. we continue to shoot. So we, they've long since fired the, sh- the original showrunner because he was spending more time editing his daughter's um, basketball games on his computer than than writing the scripts. Um, not also not kidding. Um, and so the whole predicate of the show was: I'm a young, up and coming lawyer in a law firm that's rife with corruption that may have even killed its founding partner who was my mentor and I'm going to get to the bottom of it. Right. Sounds good enough to me. Sounds like a show to me. Yeah. That's a show. We decide since we're canceled to just burn the bridges down. So we decide I'm going to be the guy who killed my mentor. And all of this is going to lead to me. We, we shoot scenes for me of taking anti-psychotic drugs and, 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 and backfill them into episodes. Got it. And, Got it. and so the end of the series that has been like a, like a Tom Cruise and young hero series, it actually ended in the up in the, uh, the, uh, finale, which I think they showed in Estonia. It's the only place it ever aired. Um, Kyle Chandler, who works at the law firm comes in and I'm eating a steak in the, in the corporate dining room. And he confronts me with being the killer. And I get up from eating the steak, stab him to death with the steak knife. He falls bloodily over the conference table. I walk over to the doors out onto the patio and leap to my death. 
No fucking way. Yep. That is epic. When we pitched the idea to the studio and the network, they hated the show so much. They're like, yeah, that's great. I don't think they actually even listened that they let us make this show. That is so that they're like, yeah, all they could think was like, oh, good. Your character's dead. Yeah. So now there's no chance that anybody will ever bring up. Hey, can we try again? Yeah. So they're like, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Have him kill himself. Yeah. 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 What, what a fucking crazy. I did this thing with, um, David Cross called, <clears throat> The Increasingly Poor Decisions of Tar- Todd Margaret. Great title. Great title. Great, t- great title that, that you should also know will never work. I'm just saying. Right. Of course. And um, and, I, and I really, I really admire Cross for sticking with it. Just being, going for the <laughs> super long title and just being like, I'm not fucking changing. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Uh, and I love, I love me some David Cross so much. Mm-hmm. And so... So cross, um, we do, we do the first, I guess it was the end of the second season and David has his character. He ends up in North Korea (laughs) and blowing and hitting the button and blowing up the world. (laughs) Okay. It's amazing complete and you see scenes of just a nuclear annihilation nuclear (laughs) annihilation armageddon just fucking end of the world the the face of the planet is just like this flaming thing somebody comes back and we shoot the the show over in england we started we originally shot but it was with i guess like uh channel four or something like that and and then it was like independent you know ifc or whatever they come back, IFC or somebody says, we really want to do a third season. David's like, <laughs> I blew up the planet, man. <laughs> like, I know, but is there any way? <laughs> That's right. I know, but is there any way? It's such a great. <laughs> we know. We know the planet's blown up. So is there any way? That- <laughs> is there any way? <laughs> and he did. He found a way. And we did more. Fuck, it was so funny. I remember him calling me to tell, like, hey, man, how's your summer looking? And I was like, no way. Like, I'm, in, I'm in Amagansett. What do you think I'm doing? <laughs> I'm not going till next week, by the way. I'm not going till next week. I am leaving Saturday for the summer. I'm coming out. Are you? Yeah, I'm coming out. I don't know when. Please, and that, I'm coming out to Long Island. Not, yes. Not just I'm coming out. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, not that there's anything wrong with that either, but I'm, oh. but at this point I'm, this only, would be big news, put, put it this way, Rob, this would be such big news on so many fronts, right? Well, the gay community would be very happy. Yes. There, and do you think there'd be a lot of, I knew it all the time stuff? I would, I probably wouldn't say that out loud. Oh, you're singing the world. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think. No, I don't think there would be that, but it would be, it would be epic. And I'd be your, uh, and I'd be excited. I'd be really excited for you. But I, I, I only say that the reason that Seth MacFarlane and I are friends and that I do a lot of work with him is one of the great Stewie family guy bits where Stewie goes to Hollywood and he's getting his makeup done in one of those giant makeup chairs. 
and the scene opens and he's getting his makeup done with clearly a really flamboyant gay guy. And Stu goes, oh, please, just let me do one more. And the makeup guy goes, all right, you can do one more. And he goes, Rob Lowe. And he goes, <laughs> and the makeup guy goes, straight. And she goes, no. <laughs> you would never know it to look at him. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It just made me laugh. It was it's such, a, it's such a great shot. Of course. It's so good. You, I'm, I'm glad you say that because I was thinking of, I was talking to some friends last night at dinner and I was saying how much I love a good burn, mm. a funny burn. And, oh. and I really, have, and you ever been, because, have you ever been roasted? You need to be, ro- you, okay, listen, forget the PXG stuff, all the stuff we've done. Sure. We need, and I'm actually not, I'm not kidding about this. I'm going to, I'm not kidding. When we get off this, I'm making a call. You've probably had this offer and you said, no, I want to host your roast on Comedy Central. Looking for a sparkling clean bathroom without so much hassle? Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner is here to revolutionize your cleaning future. Just spray today, rinse tomorrow, and voila! Enjoy a sparkling clean shower and tub without any scrubbing. It's the secret to a hassle-free, clean bathroom that many are discovering. With over 33,000 five-star reviews, Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner has proven its effectiveness on shower glass, fixtures, tiles, and more, ensuring everything shines with minimal effort. This product has gained a loyal following thanks to its once-a-week application that makes it a standout in the cleaning aisle. Join the ranks of satisfied users who enjoy more me time and less clean time with Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner, available at Amazon, Lowe's, Menards, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware. It's the perfect choice for anyone wanting to simplify their cleaning routine. Don't miss out on a chance to transform your bathroom cleaning with just one application a week. Pick up a bottle of Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner today and join the thousands who've already made the switch to effortless clean. The weather is getting warmer. It's time to ditch the jackets and sweaters for shorts and tees. But there's no need to waste money on clothes that only last one season with Quince. Now you can get high quality pieces that never go out of style. You'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts for $30, performance polos, and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering with the top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman and passes the savings directly onto you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. My producer recently made an order for Quince, and here's what he had to say. I'm really excited to revamp my closet with Quince. I cannot wait for my items to arrive from Quince. You know, I'm a sweater guy. I was looking at that burgundy cashmere crew neck. I love the blue chore jacket. Maybe I'll throw some joggers in there. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to Quince.com slash Rob for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Rob to get 
free shipping and 360-day returns. Quince.com slash Rob. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been listening to Literally long enough, you'll know that I am a big believer in getting the help you need. Therapy has been a big, big, big part of my life and something I think we should be all doing as needed, just like checking the oil on your car. I've spoken about this, and we all carry around different stressors, big and small. We keep them bottled in, and it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get the things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Rob Lowe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Rob Lowe. My roast is too easy. It's great. My roast is too easy because there's too many things you can, first of all, America wouldn't care, but, but B uh, true. It's true. And, and B I could write my own roast. I, I mean, I'd, it would be so easy to hit me, <laughs> but, but look, that makes no difference. It, the roast work. I've seen roasts that are great when it's somebody who seems unroastable. And I've also seen, ones where you're like oh they're just gonna tee off on on this person they roasted me it's one of my favorite things because i love a good burn i had the time of my life that's right i forgot you got roasted i loved it when was that they teed off when was that me i want to say it was about five years ago now i think i think oh no no no, I i can tell you exact i can tell you exactly what it was it was longer than that it was the year it was the year that Trump was running for president because Ann Coulter was on my dais and was going on and on about how great Trump was. And and at a certain point the roast shifted to a roast of Ann Coulter. It was in 2016. Yeah. Uh got it. Uh so okay. So, I think I think I think they asked me to come and participate in that, and I wasn't around. I've been asked to take part in two roasts, yours and Alec Baldwin's. Both, yeah. I mean. And neither, neither I could attend. I love watching, first of all, I love watching the roasts. They're so funny. Uh, and those comedians who, who are really good at roasts, we were talking about this last night. Uh, I was talking about with the great Mary McCormick last night. Love her. Love her. They're there are certain people, certain comedians who are so good at that. It's such a specific talent. And I love it. I love, I was telling the story of on our smartless, uh, uh, docu-series that's on max, which is, which is by the way, great. I see by the way, the smartless docu-series is all over my TikTok Twitter feed. All it's (laughs) everywhere. It's gotta be crushing. Is it? Cause it feels like it to me. We don't really, that's what Amy just told me. Uh, this weekend, Amy's like, "Oh my God, the smartless thing is all over the place. Those clips are hilarious. They're, they're um, hilarious. I could I could recite them to you. I've seen them so much. They're, well, it's it's weird. So, but in the show, 
on one of the episodes we're talking uh with matt damon we're in wisconsin and matt we're talking about brad pitt and i was thinking god i love me some brad pitt and i I do i love brad he knows that and i told this story about running into brad at this concert or a friend of ours and and then he's and he brad was very um kind and generous with words he was like i loved your show flaked and he was saying how blah 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 and i said oh my god thanks man and then i go outside in the hall and i and i fell i slid down the wall and and put my hand in my head my head in my hands i was like oh my god as i slid down like <laughs> like a like a like one of those things like of a like a girl when the beatles first came to uh, america and they're screaming and holding. i was like oh my god and there's a beat and bateman from across the thing looks at me and goes who do you think he thought you were oh my god that's amazing <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> it was so good and the timing of it was so good. Again, another example of like perfect timing and just old school. It was such a great burn. Not only did I laugh my ass off because it was so good, but I was also simultaneously so jealous at how great the burn was. It's such a good burn. It's such, there's, there's an art to it though. There's an art to yeah. a burn. There's, first of all, there has to be, the thing that makes me laugh is the plausible element of truth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. Well, not only the plausible element of truth, but the, the corner, the, the little bit of truth that you suspect that the other person harbors within them that makes them feel insecure. That's about right. It. And you, like, you hit on that and you hit on that. It's the one plausible element of truth that is the yes. most devastating. Like what's the <laughs> most dev? <laughs> I mean, it's so, I, it, I asked Amy to be also, I asked you, obviously I asked Amy to, and Amy was like, I can't be mean. Polar was like, I'll do it. I love you, but I can't be mean. I go, well, I don't know what you want to do then. So we concocted this thing at the beginning of the roast. She's amazing. And by the way, looks amazing. She's in a, yeah. in a little red devil suit. Have you seen her in the sure. devil suit yet? No. You have to see this. I got, I don't think I, w- I ended up watching. I got to watch it. She's in a devil suit and we, she, and we do a little skit, skit together, um, at the beginning, but she would not go on the dais. She wouldn't do it. She's like, I can't. Amy said, I will not be mean on camera. <laughs> <laughs> There's nobody better roasting. No, my God. Than a, than AP. No, when AP gets all, bo- oh. all Boston and shit. Oh dude. Good luck. It's the best. You do not want to be on the wrong side. No. 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 AP, when no. she goes full on, like, you know, Boston and, and, and then, and then hits you with the cackle at the end. <laughs> we one time years ago, we're in New York and our dog was outside barking. We were, we were, it was late night. We were walking to a deli to like, you know, whatever, get some water and probably like buying a pack of smokes or something on fourth Avenue at like 10th street. And Suki, her old dog was barking like crazy. We come out and this woman goes, your dog's barking. Amy goes, fuck you. (laughs) Just immediately. immediately. And she was right. She's like, she's right. Like ripped torn and they like ripped torn. Go fuck yourself. And she was right because the woman was like, like yeah, the dog was barking. Yeah, it's a dog, and like whatever. <laughs> God, and I was like, lady, don't fucking don't come to uh, throw you know bring rocks to a gunfight. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want to see that iteration of 
of because Leslie Nope is so beloved. Yeah. And so nice. Yeah. We gotta do that. But, you know, I will say this though. I, I I sort of say that jokingly. Like Amy is uh, she's not mean and she doesn't want, she actually legit doesn't want to be mean. There is, she does have that sort of, she's a very sort of, um, not optimistic. Um, but she does have that, uh, but she doesn't like piling on. No, she's got, no, not, she's got a lot of thing. I mean, when they famously reimagined her character and saved the show right. in, in season two, they just leaned into to as as you do in comedy you lean into what you bring to it and and she's yeah. she's not an iteration of michael scott she's she's got that sort of can she's very roll up your sleeves can yeah. can do which reads as optimism and she loves being part of a team right she loves being part of a team and and she doesn't really like hardcore ribbing actually you know one of the things obviously jason and i and sean we we love to rib each other mercilessly yeah that's amazing and it, and, and amy is the one who said to me years ago that's your love language mm. and she's right and she used to always say like jason and i have always now it's just we just record it um <laughs> that's right but she was always like into uh, to us she'd be like guys cool it just can't you guys are being too hard on each other <laughs> really no yeah. yeah 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 i saw a clip from the documentary where clearly it's whoever is producing the documentary or filming mm. it says off camera what are you guys doing <laughs> and you say this is just our love language because mm -hmm. i think it makes it may i think it makes certain people maybe uncomfortable yeah yeah we explained that that's that's true yes we did and and it was it truly was amy who kind of gave me that insight years ago that that's what we've we've said before like to a certain degree if we're not busting on you or ripping you then we just don't give a shit yes you know? yes like if i don't have anything invested with somebody i'll just be like not flat, but like, all right. Do you ever, do you ever bust Jason on his haircuts? All the time. Do you? Yeah. Like last night he showed up for dinner and I said, what is going on? Did you get a haircut or something? Knowing that he'd been talking all week, we played golf. Then he was like talking. He's like, I really need to get a haircut. And I was like, oh, definitely keep us posted. Like, why do you keep mentioning this <laughs> while we're playing golf? We don't give a fuck if you get a haircut. Keep us posted. So then he shows up last night and he comes in and I go, did you get a haircut? Just knowing, just waiting for him to have a real answer. And he goes, no, actually I just shampooed it. And I go, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, Why does it look poofy? And I'm like, man, I was just busting your, you know, <laughs> does it look poofy, but he does have great hair. You've got great hair too. Yeah. He's, um, you know, I, I, I eyeball him as comp, you know, is, you know, when there's another gunslinger in the town. Yeah, sure. He's, he's one of the all time great salads maybe. oh doesn't he have that salad up there it, it's so good and he he's aware you know i've talked about this a lot on, on my podcast so forgive me but he's he hasn't he claims to have not run a comb nor a brush through it uh since he was 11 um i have not run a comb or a brush through mine in decades is that true yeah decades You've got great. I wanted to ask you early on, what do you do? What do you do? What do you, Rob? What do, you, how do, you do? How do you keep it so tight? We do. You're my, you're my gold standard. You're, you're my gunslinger. 
because Bateman, whatever. Uh, <laughs> he just he just looks like like a guy with an eating disorder. What do you do? <laughs> Because what, what's your what's your primary you know, source of exercise? Do you, actually, here's what I actually think my secret weapon is. And long yeah. before it became fashionable, because what was fashionable for years was, dude, I I'm good. On, five hours of sleep, man. I'm good to go. I'm up and at him. I'm in the gym. You know, you give me my five hours, man, and I'm a world beater. And I was like always humiliated because I'm like I'm like really I'm like I could do like ten and be fun yeah. and and be really happy. So I actually think a lot of it is sleep and, um, and the world's caught up to me on that a little bit. <laughs> um, as you know, I don't drink that helps. Um, I work out like a fiend only because I love it. Do you really? Yeah. Like there's, you, mean, you must, but like when yeah. I, when I have a, when I have days off, I'm just, when I go to bed at night, I think about two things and this is this. I think about Grey's Anatomy. I, I think about the, <laughs> the money I would have made on Grey's Anatomy. I think about that. Sure. Three things. Three things. The money I Sorry. would have made on on Grey's Anatomy. I think about my golf swing. Yeah. And then I think about what workout I'm going to do tomorrow. I'm not kidding. Really? Yeah, that's what I think about. I'm like, maybe. Uh, oh, oh, and since we're talking about um, product placement, this is the the theme of the episode. The sure. catalyst vest. Do you know about this? Mm. The catalyst vest. That the thing with the sh- with the electronics. Yes, yeah, like, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a suit. Yeah. It's like a wet wetsuit kind of space suit you put on, and it it shocks your muscle groups, and it sounds like BS. You know who turned me on to this, Bradley Cooper. Dude, Brad- I was just gonna say I've only seen one. It's and Brad- it was at Bradley's house. It's Bradley. Bradley turned me on to this thing. I was, and I was like, do I even say, should I say that Bradley? Cause maybe he doesn't want me to know, but I'm glad you said it. So I saw it at Bradley's house like a year ago. Yep. It's, and he swore, did he swore, but he said, he said, I had to stop wearing it cause I was getting too, too jacked. Now I only wear it for when I ride a bike. Yeah. I, he wears it on the Peloton when he does Peloton. I, okay. So. I, I, it's a game changer, game changer, but, but I also still lift. I also do. I like, I play pickleball. I play golf. I I play, sir, anything you do physically. If you say to me, Hey, tomorrow we're going to fill in the blank. I am there with bells on. I I think you used to do a lot of paddling, right? Did you do a lot of kayaking back in the day? Stand up, stand up paddling. It's, it's actually, it's actually surfing. It's not like, Oh, I'm going to go through the canals. It's, it's standing up paddle in hand surfing waves surfing waves and then are you now are you a first thing in the morning workout guy um i hear i'm i'm in i am um first of all and the other thing is is it was since um, you know this is a um um an ad campaign kind of day i'm eating yeah. i'm eating the atkins way you are and and I, and and I, and i have i'm look i'm the spokesman now and have been for years but i but actually have been eating that way for years and years and years. Uh, because I woke up one, one day I came out of the water in a bathing suit and my good friend, the actor, Bill Paxton, God bless him, uh, pointed, literally pointed at my stomach and started laughing and said, Oh God damn brother, you got a gut. And, and from that day I realized I've got it. I can't eat like I'm 
18. And so I started eating the Atkins way. So, um, there, there's that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, he said, God damn it. Look, you, you got a gut. And then like, as you were on your way to buying a rope with which to hang yourself, <laughs> yes. somebody called it, hey, hang on a second, Rob, you can also just not eat carbs. You can just also not eat carbs. Yeah. Oh, wait, I don't have to hang myself. So that's been, so you don't eat, you never, when was the last oh, time? So, you so, you're, so you're asking me, so, so I eat Atkins way. I also happen to intermittent fast. Well, you do both. Yes. And then, so you ask me when I work out, I like to work out fasted. So I will wake up and go to the gym without having eaten. I've been looking into where I keep trying to look on the internet. Should I work out and then eat or should I eat and then work out? And guess what? They're divided on it. I know they are. Yeah. And they can't decide. So I, here's what, I can I tell you something? You ever been to Africa? I have not. You should, A, you should go. I know I should. I've been multiple times going again next year. I spent time with, um, and I, and I'm drawing a blank on the name of the tribe. They're amazing people and they, they live for the most part as, as they have for 70,000 years, whatever it is. Um, and we trekked and hiked and they found they're by the way shredded we would wish to look like these guys ripped they were walking and i don't you know don't speak the language i don't really know what's going on and they found a a beehive and they go they're super psyched dances amazing singing they eat the honey from the beehive they're thrilled walk another by the way, there's 25 of them. One will be up. Right? Then they walk and walk and walk and walk and walk. Hours, hot, 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 hot. Turtle, middle of the road. Sure goes, oh, they're, they're celebrating the turtle. I'm like, honey, they're not, they're, no, they're not, they're not going to celebrate that turtle. She goes, what do you mean? I go, they're going to eat it. She goes, they are not. Throw the turtle on the fire alive. <laughs> Burns to death. Eat the turtle meat. That's it. That's, that's what they had to eat that day. And they didn't, they weren't like, oh, we're not walking. They were like, oh, you know, I need to eat before I walk. They, they, it's like human beings don't know when they're going to have their next meal. That's what's in our DNA. Right. What's in our DNA is we don't know when we're going to eat. We don't know. Yeah. That's, it's, it's a construct. It's totally a construct. Three a day two meal, one meal every two hours. I think it's construct. By the, by the way, I'm not speaking on behalf of Atkins officially right now. No, I know. I'm just, sorry. I'm trying to Instacart uh, honey and turtle meat. Yeah, to see if you can get that. <laughs> what if you okay. did that? What if you did that? You're like, you get super shredded and then you're like, yeah. It's like Brad Pitt famously ate lettuce. What was it on Fight Club? Pitt ate lettuce and tuna. Really? Lettuce and tuna. But I, but I love the legendary things that actors eat. When, like, what did Ed Norton eat on, uh, where he played the neo-Nazi? Like, like you know, when, pe- when people just get so shredded and you're like, and it's always just, uh, it was, you did, it was licorice and Red Bull. <laughs> well, it all comes down to, it turns out they just weren't really eating. It does, doesn't it? 
Yeah. I mean, I give Bateman a lot of shit about it. Like we'll play golf and he'll be like, uh, I'm just getting a cup of, uh, sliced apples. And I'm like, man, you're starving, dude. Starving. Yeah. You're not, you're just, you're in a bad mood because you, you have no, your blood sugar is through the floor. Do you think Bateman would be pudgy if he weren't so, do you do? Definitely. Definitely. I think that he's still pudgy considering how little he eats. I'm just, I'm just, By the way, I'm just saying that's a hope that he, oh, that makes it as a clip you, that he hears. You better hope he hears that. No, 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 no. I, by the way, I think that you know, we talk about food and we joke about it all the time and stuff, but I think that he has, everybody's got their own thing. And I watched him, we had dinner last night. He actually ate a lot. We both had burgers. We're at our friend's house. We both had burgers. Yeah. He had a burger and with the bun. With the bun he did. Yeah. And I had a bun as well. I won't do, I, I try not to do that. I know. When was, I, that was my last question, and I know you got to wrap it up. When was the last time you had bread? Be honest. Oh, I, I will tell you that, that I tragically and sadly um, had donuts oh. last night. Really? Yeah. I love donuts. Oh, they're so good. God, they're so good. I love sugar. Sugar's the, the, next, the next battle will be fought. It's going to be the Iwo Jima for me. Are you... Are you- are you not, are you not zero sugar? You look like you are. I, I love sugar. I'm a sugar. I love, I love sugar. Dude, you and I have given up a lot in our lives. It's like, True. I, I go like how, how many more things do I have to, that I love? Am I yeah. going to have to give up in my life? And the answer is one about every decade and a half. Yeah. All right. This was so fun. We, it, by the way, we, we let's do our sports thing. I mean, I know you got. I, I, I want. I think you and I are meant to do something. I don't know what it is. Let's, let's get in the sports world. Why aren't we broadcasters? I don't know. You know, we can do and this. Then, and then it's not six a.m. Uh, at Warner Brothers or Radford. Ugh. It's uh, three p.m. at uh, Roland Garros. Dude, have you been there? I've never been to the French Open. Okay. It is the greatest sports experience I have ever had. Really? Ever. First of all, you pull up, you like park at the curb. It's the weirdest thing. It's like in the middle of a neighborhood. There's no like parking. This this is my experience of it. Maybe I'm hallucinating. You pull up a beautiful, you know, like beautiful Parisian women all look exactly alike. Sure. Do you know what I mean? With you, they do. They they do. They. I'm sorry, but they do. They look exactly alike. They're amazing. They look like cats. They have cat. They have that like the cat face, and they're so beautiful. And they they roll up and and you know they're always they're obsessed with the color purple, polka dots, and pearls. Sure, like true true Parisian girls are. And they, they pull up in their purple outfits and their pearls and she's your greeter. It's not some schlemiel with like a laminate and, you know, 50 different folders and a headpiece and then that shit. And they invite you, you're in the stadium in 32 seconds. And there's millions of women that look just like this one. And they usher your seat. Rolling dress is really small really small really every seat is great you can't believe how small it is and you're right there it's the most you know what it is 
don't know if it's the best sports thing, but it is by far the most civilized. Not even close. And, 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 it's, and it sounds like the most intimate. Yeah, for sure. It's the most intimate, for sure the most civilized. We are, we are trying to promote the sexiest sporting event we can. And it is very, very relaxed and very gracious. It's a gracious sport. Tennis is a gracious sport, don't you think? Very, very gracious and very sexy. Anyway, but this is what we need to do. We need to be talking about this and then making it happen. Let's get it. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it together and then I'm going to call you. All right. Call me. All right. I love you, bro. This is so fun. You too, pal. Uh, do let me know when you're coming uh, east and we'll do it. Yeah. We'll, we'll... I will. Definitely. Okay. That was, I could, I could, I didn't get to any of my questions. I have a whole thing here just because he's so, he's just the best. I mean, that's why he's one of the great podcast, you know, voices um, around. Um, and I, I could have done another two hours, but thank you for your patience. Cause that was a long one, but it was a long one for a reason. Cause it was fucking awesome. I will see you next week. Uh, hey, listen, it's time to get back on uh, the boards and give us your five-star reviews. Um, I love those. I really do. I like to read them. I like the comments and, um, it's, it's uh, great to have your support and um, uh, tell a friend and I'll see you next week on Literally. You've been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe, produced by me, Nick Liao, with help from associate producer Sarah Begar, researched by Lisa Grawl. The podcast is executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Adam Sachs, Jeff Ross and myself at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Stitcher. Booking by Deirdre Dodd, music by Devin Bryant. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Literally with Rob Lowe. This has been a Team Coco production. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.